Hey yo everybody, welcome to episode 27 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with my brother Sean. That was awesome. That was good. How you doing, buddy? Uh, not too bad. I don't think I'm doing as as well as you are. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we're here on uh, episode 27, which would be the... What edition would this be, Sean? Because I know. Uh, the Rondane. No. Incorrect. The pre-2011 Joe Girardi. I thought about that, but it's still incorrect. Go back a little bit further, probably 10 years, 15 years. Hmm. Not on the same team. Hmm. Rodney Hampton. Hmm. Wow. Ron Dane and the I. The Wayback Machine. Yeah, we had kind of a love-hate relationship, so I couldn't go with Ron Dane, but he turned out. Who was the other running back Brandon Jacobs. no 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 but around the time oh tiki no 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 around the time of rodney hampton there was two it was hampton and somebody else i think we had him at the same time oh otis anderson no 24 no joe meggett no dave meggett it was dave meggett sorry uh why are you asking i don't because i usually think of the two of them together but now i can't Thunder and think lightning. of basically yeah i'm gonna look this up while you go all, ahead I, all I know is megat but yeah welcome everybody to episode 27 of two-player co-op podcast like i said i'm one of your host here kevin and my brother from my other mother or no my mother i only have one mother <laughs> sean he's here with me he's googling right now if you don't know we're also uh, originally from new york that's why we are big giants fans yankees fans the knicks got Derek rose not really sure how i feel about that Low risk, high reward. Mm, well, you don't think so? I guess yeah, it could be a high reward. High unlikely. He's on a one. Reward. He's got one year left, so unlikely sucks, high reward. He, well, right. Yeah. I don't think he. I'm not expecting a chip, you know, with him. But uh, he's got one year left, yeah. so it could be a lot worse. I am drinking some Woodford Reserve. Sean. I can't find it. Okay, well, then we'll move on. You probably just need to look at Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl Giants roster. I looked up 1995 roster because I figured that was probably around that time. Mm, that's when Tiki was drafted, or 96. So maybe it would maybe it would have been earlier. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Woodford. I got Woodford Reserve. I had to finish that off. Uh, I'll get into that in a second, why I needed some bourbon. I needed to go back to the bourbon today. But, Sean, you made something. So... All I had at home was tequila, and I wanted to use it, but I'm not a big straight tequila person unless I'm doing shots, and I don't want to do shots. I mean, we could have. We could save that for episode 50. So I just brought the tequila over along with the simple syrup and just figured I'd wing it. Um, So I found a pretty basic margarita recipe online that's uh, tequila, simple syrup, lime juice which you had and then like a half a teaspoon of orange liqueur and i figured i could probably just pass on that so it's essentially a margarita um sans orange liqueur so i haven't tried it yet but it smells good taste it smells test. great really and it looks like a margarita it, so it does look like a margarita i'm just gonna go ahead and do a live taste test right here here we go he's drinking he's savoring swishing Swallow. 
That's actually pretty good. Really? It could be a little sweeter. Oh, God, really? It's not very sweet. How much simple syrup did you put in? A shot. Damn, that's a lot. Wow. But all the rest of it's tequila and yeah, just that's straight true. lime juice. That's true. So it'll so, cancel it out. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's tequila. I so. think I will. I'm okay with this. The reason I need to be drinking bourbon today is because... On top of the beers you've already had. A few beers I've already had. Lagunitas. Is that how you pronounce it? No, it's uh, Lagunitas. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, we're coming to you live from the House of Death. Um, anybody who listens to us who may be a parent... Would you say it may be a parent to anyone who listens to us who may be a parent? Yep. So play on words right there. Like Jason Mraz. It's all about the wordplay. Uh, was that 99? I was on his first CD. No, that was Was the Remedy 99? Or, no. Look that up while I tell the story. I'm still looking up the Giants. <laughs> well, then look up the Remedy because I think it was 99. But anyways, it might have been 2000, 2001. You're right. Hand, foot, and mouth disease is the absolute worst thing that's ever happened. Well, no. It's not the worst because obviously things could be worse. But hand, foot, and mouth disease is freaking horrible. Uh, my baby, I still call him a baby, Casey. He's over two years old. Came down with hand, foot, and mouth um, five, six days ago. This is a horrible disease. Um, there's no vaccine for it because it's a virus. There's no cure or anything. And essentially what this does, it hits everybody different and adults can get it too, but it looks like we've all been lucky enough not to get hit with it. Casey has blisters all over the inside of his mouth. He has a huge one right in the middle of his tongue. He has them on the side of his tongue. He has them down his throat, the doctor told us. Um, Some kids also get uh, blisters or almost like chicken pock looking things on their hands and feet. He's only got that little bit, but that doesn't really matter because what what happens is, um, obviously, when you got all that crap in your mouth, your mouth hurts. If your mouth hurts, you don't really want to eat. If you don't want to eat, that's not good. Um, And Friday, it hurt so bad that he wasn't drinking either. We had to go to the emergency room. Everything ended up being okay, even though the uh, hospital, shout out to them, uh, screwed up the charts and gave him Zofran. I still can't believe that. For, if you're not familiar with Zofran... um, if you ever have had a wife uh, who's been pregnant or, you know, anything like that, you probably know Zofran. It's a, it's a good anti-nausea drug. Um, for some reason, the room next to us, the child in there needed Zofran, but they gave it to Casey instead. I think it was just a coincidence, but after he had that, he did want to drink, and he had like three um, of the little cartons of milk when he hadn't drank. He hadn't consumed. I don't know if it's drank or drunk. It's drank, right? He hadn't drank anything? Yes. He hadn't drank anything since that morning. Um, so he was verging on dehydration. He was crying a lot, no tears. Um, that's how dehydrated it was. So it's been a long weekend since then. We're recording this Tuesday night, a little bit later than we normally do, just because things have been so jacked up here. Shout out to Jess, uh, best mom anybody could ask for. She's been great, and not to mention, <laughs> Jess just had her gallbladder out on Friday. So not only did she have her gallbladder out and have surgery, she's been having to deal with a sick child because she's much better at this than I have. She's been staying up with him. Um, it's just, I stayed up with him for most of the first night. It's been crazy around here, but, uh, yeah, that's why I need bourbon. Um, and, 
Yeah. So hopefully he's he's turning around now, which is good. He's been drinking smoothies and stuff like that. So at least he's getting uh, protein and stuff. Still can't eat anything, but we're hoping we're almost through it because this is supposed to last around seven to ten days. We're on day six, I think. I've lost track at this point. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're coming to you from the house of death, and I'm drinking bourbon because of that. Tyrone Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley, number 47, went to the... Number well, he was 28, 28 with us, yeah. and then he went to the Raiders in War 47. Wordplay is a song by Jason Mraz, released as the first single from his... 2005 album, Mr. A to Z. Oh, oh, hold up. So that wasn't on his... It wasn't on the Remedy album? No. Oh, okay. That was just Remedy and you and I both. Maybe there's the third big song. But there was there was another single. I thought it was Wordplay. Wow. But even look that, there's no way that was in the 90s. Well, look that up then. Look up the Remedy. That was probably 2001 then. 2001 sounds right. It might have been two. Uh, he's from San Diego. I didn't know that. He was he was a big Dave Matthews fan for some 2002. reason. Two thousand two. Okay, for some reason I thought he was from Virginia because he was such a big Dave Matthews fan. But Curbside Prophet. Yes, was the other. That was the song. other big song. Was that the name of the album? Waiting. Waiting for my rocket to come. There it is. There it is. I I don't know what happened to him. He 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 came out right around the time John Mayer was coming out, and all these kind of Dave Matthewsy yeah. wannabes came out. John Mayer obviously took it to a whole another level when we realized. He's the best guitarist of our generation. I'm not saying he's Hendrix. I would say he's probably Stevie Ray Vaughan, but he's definitely the, I I would say he's the best guitarist of our generation. Um, And Jason Raz just kind of faded away, which is odd. I need to, while you're in the the interwebs over there, I want you to look if he's put out any other CDs. He definitely hasn't got any uh, radio play um, with any of his, his latest albums, but, oh, well he had that. What was that one song? The, you and, uh, I'm I'm yours which set a billboard record I think for the longest time being it was in the top 40 for over a year so he had an album come out in 2014 really called yes exclamation point was he a Daniel Bryan fan hey his only single off it was love someone never heard of it oh he had a song with Colby Calais yeah lucky oh okay oh and then love is a four letter word was I won't give up and then 93 Million Miles, never heard it. The Woman I Love, never heard it. So yeah, he hasn't done much since. No, it's too bad. He's really talented. Yeah. Thanks for turning into a video game podcast as we talk about sick babies, and old Giants running backs, and Jason Mraz. Yeah. Oh, boy. What have you been playing this week, Mr. Sean? Uh, I think the only thing I've been playing, and this is just today and yesterday. Oh, you did play some more today? Is uh, Shadow Complex. So, I wasn't totally sold at first, but it's pretty good. I'm, gets, I'm getting hooked. It gets better the longer I go. I was playing before I came over here and didn't really want to put it down, but mm-hmm. um, controls took a little getting used to, but I've gotten used to it. The aiming with the right stick? Yeah. And the crouch with the L2? And then sometimes he shoots back if there's guys back there, but... Only so if there's a guy in the background, but he's up high, and you just shoot, he'll just shoot like this. But then if you aim up, he knows that you want to be aiming at that guy. So then he points back. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know how far I am. I think I've gotten twelve out of thirty like grenade packs. I'm just pissed off that all I'm getting is grenade packs. Yeah, I want a new uh, secondary weapon, but 
Have you gotten anything that helps you jump? I just got that. Okay, so the jump, the double jump thing. Okay, yeah. So I'm a little bit further. I literally did you. I think I stopped at the first save room after that before I came over here. Did you try to get the grenade pack where you flood the room? Yep, couldn't get it. Okay, I figured I'd just come back for it. I was like, screw it. There must be at some point I'm going to get a scuba (laughs) thing or something. But see, I don't even know. Like, did you figure out how to get to it and you just couldn't? I got, Hold your breath long enough? So, no, what I did was... I, I couldn't even figure out how to get to that area, so no, I you get, stopped trying. You get down there, and then you you twist the... Right, and that brings the water up. So what I you do right then is you follow the water up, you grab it, and it says you got the grenade pack. Then you got to go down, oh, around, and see, back I couldn't up. Even... I got up there, but then once mm-hmm. I got it, I couldn't go down and back up because the water's rising. You can't get back up there before you run out of air. So There's, well, there's another wheel that you can turn that makes the water go back down. Oh, there is. Up top. So well, you got to bring it up, turn it to have it go back down, and then get down there. That's before. what it is then. Maybe that's the trick. That's probably it. You make it go down. You follow the water. You float, you float, float until you've got enough to where you can go under, get to right. it, and then the water will meet you to where you can take a breath. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Because you can't get to it by jumping. I tried that many right. times. Uh, but go on. What, what, are, what else are your thoughts on the game? Um, in general, I like it. I think it's, like you said, it's a good combination of – Metroid and flashback. I See, guess. it's not. It's not like Metroid where it's just enemies everywhere. Like shoot, shoot, right. shoot, shoot, shoot. It's there's some very basic stealth. You know, you want to not just run into a room, guns blazing. Yeah. You know, you never know when you'll come across an enemy. You'll go through three rooms in a row where there aren't any enemies, and then you'll come across. So, yep, it's a good balance. My only gripe is sometimes the camera is annoying. And there's too much crap in the foreground to where it's blocking what I'm trying to see. Yeah. And I can't tell. I like how they did the design with people in the background. I was going to say foreground, but they're in the foreground. Where it's not just 2D. Yeah. Right. But then I always see like, oh, there's a door back there. Oh, I can't go. I'm always yeah, wanting to go stuff. into the right. screen. I always scared that I can't. Yeah, I, can't, but, I keep like pushing the right stick. Right. Well, no, I can't turn that way. So, I don't know. Other than uh, some bad camera angles... Not even the camera angles, just too much stuff in the foreground blocking my view and um, stuff like that. But even when I got the little jetpack thing, it took me mm-hmm. five minutes to get out of that room because you had to be like just the right, right pixel to fit back yeah. up through. So little gripes, but all in all, it's I'm enjoying it. So I'm not crazy because before I ever played it, I said it was flashback Metroidvania. It, it's, it's definitely more like, Metroidvania yeah. than... Yeah. It's, it's not... I mean, it's definitely somewhat futuristic, but it, now that I'm actually playing it, I can see, well, you know, flashback, you wake up and you've just got the little box thing and you're on a planet you've never been to. He, he stumbles into this shadow complex, um, this big government conspiracy and stuff. And I don't know. I really like it so far. The, the map, the map is huge. Like the map seems like it's going to be really big. There was one time you might not have got there yet. Uh, one of those map unlocks probably coming up in the next 15, 20 minutes for you where it's going to go and you're just like, oh God. Really? You're kidding me. Like this map is huge. Um, Controls are a little iffy. I finally got, I I thought about remapping everything, but I was like, wait. So square is sprint, X is jump, which is basically how I play Mario. Yep. So I was like, okay, I can deal with that. The crouch feels like it should be on circle, but then I don't want to melee with L2. So I can't do that. Yeah. So I left melee, circle, L2, crouch. What is L1? Flashlight. Flashlight, which is pretty much 
It just is what it is. I don't. That's one thing. Not really a complaint. It's just weird. Why would you ever turn your flashlight off? And I get it because the battery dies. Okay. But it, it but the battery goes down like right this. And then when it dies, it goes. You, you and it just goes right like back. Five seconds. It's yeah. recharged. What is the yeah. point? I don't. Yeah. I, they should just have it never die. But. What I haven't figured out yet is if the enemies notice the flashlight before they notice you. I haven't been able to figure that. I out. I don't think sometimes they are. they are very aware of you when there's no way they should be able to see you, and then there's other times where you like walk right up to them without crouching, and they have no idea you're there, and then you just melee them. Right. One thing I do like. Did you notice this? Did you get pop ups with where K Dubs is at and what? Yeah, okay. I'm way ahead of you for some reason. You were way ahead of me on the melee kills. You were like 35 to 20. But I think those aren't kills. Those are like points or something. Because I don't think I've melee killed 20 people. The last thing I saw, which 35. I thought was just a total overall like score. I don't mm-hmm. think it was for any one category. It said like 40 to 6. I don't know what that would be. I don't know. Make them scream or something, maybe. Maybe. And I don't even know what that means. Is that It's like, like sometimes you kill them and then they, if they fall off. They go, yeah. Ah! Yeah. Did you get plus? To apparently, the, you can do headshots. I didn't get my first one till like five yeah, minutes I'm, before I came over here. I'm like, oh, I every didn't. time I got a, a splode thing, it didn't pop up your score, so I figured I was way ahead yeah. there. But um, did you get to the turret thing yet? That one area. I've been to one turret. That was fun. Thing. Yeah, that was where fun. you actually do get to go 3D. I so like that. in the lake, when the helicopter's there, yeah, you can't fight it, right? No, but there's that like cabin that you can go in, and it shows the weird camera angle. I'm like, obviously, I'm supposed to do something. Yeah, there's there's health in there, but I couldn't. I, I thought maybe that's where I was going to get a rocket launcher. But okay, that's what I was there. expecting okay. too. But yeah, nothing. So I don't know. I like it. I wish I like that it's fairly, you know, realistic. Um, it's not but, overly difficult, right? What I don't like in this compared to. Axiom Verge, Metroid, I still need to play Castlevania, that. whatever, Symphony of the Night. There's not distinct, uh, at least as far as I've been, distinct areas. Everything kind of looks the same. So I There's never, I can't keep inside. track. Yeah. Right, but I it's can't not keep like track of. Meridia and. Right. So it all just yeah. kind of blends together. Like, I don't know. Without looking at a map right now, I have no idea. I know I'm to the right of where I started, but I don't yeah. know how far right. I don't know how far down. I'm just like, so I don't know. It's I hope I'm only maybe 25% of the way through. Like, I hope I'm nowhere near the end because I'm really I don't think you're there. even that far percent. It does tell you what your status is, how far, uh, what your percentage of completion is. Yeah. The only thing I don't know is if that is dictated also by how many items you've picked up or not. Okay. Hmm. Um, what do the little gold bars do or whatever? I think find? they're just collectibles. That's just a collectible. Yeah. I think I've only found two. So there's... You haven't gotten the foam. I'm like, you can only do the foam, green the rocket launcher. Right? Yeah. yeah, I haven't got them either yet. Yeah. And I, I was trying for a while. I was like, oh, there's this red thing, that red thing. So right. when I get the rockets, I'll come I'm back. Come back. I'm like, now I'm, I'm like, I've, I've yeah, completely I'll never lost find it. them again. I'm just going to have to go through the game again. I do like the one thing on the map, though, is if there's a red door, that shows up on the map. But just like yeah. red secret areas, and you can't drop a pin or anything. I wish you could drop a pin, like that you could in nice. like Link Between Worlds and stuff. Yeah. Um, I definitely like it so far. Um, it's a game I've wanted to play for a while, ever since I knew what it was, and then when I heard it was coming on PlayStation, finally, I was very excited to play it. I, I definitely, the more I go on, I like it more. Um, the cutscenes are hilarious. I gotta say, because they're just like PS2 style graphics with a HD coat of paint. I would say. Um, 
I loved here in Nolan North. It, it, when it got you got past the first initial thing where you're in the city and you're the the black dude in the the super suit and all this stuff and you're shooting down the helicopter, then he gets screwed over. Um, and then when you're the dude, I heard his voice. And I was like, Wait huh? a minute, it sounded like Drake. And I was like, Okay, I'll play. And then he talked again. I was like, Okay, I got I got to pause this. Like, I look up IMDb. Yep, Nolan North. That's the other thing that kind of bothers me is I can't just hear that and not think Drake, Drake. especially when the games. Sort of uncharted, right? Especially so, the the way he delivers the lines and the dialogue. Right, he's and stuff. just doing. It could be I mean, Neith, It could. This game could be Nathan Drake, right? In this, yes, Shadow Complex. So I don't know what else Nolan North has done, voice wise. But does he always just do that voice? Is that just Nolan North? That's what I need to go back and look up. That's one thing. I, it's just I'm like, oh well, there's Drake. I mean, he kind of looks like Drake. It's kind of right. an uncharted game, but it's like. Just, I've heard him in interviews, and he doesn't sound like Drake. Yeah. So it's weird that he chose the same voice. And, and you got to remember, I think they used the same voice recordings from 2009 when this game first came out, which is when Uncharted 1 came out. And I, I think before they knew that Uncharted was going to blow and how up. Big, and well, and how big Nolan North was going to be. Because it's, again, like I've said with Troy Baker, um, although it's just made me think of something. People do not like it. You, you brought this up in the last podcast. None of us have heard it, but insiders have heard it that we're at E3. His Batman voice is horrible. Um, what's his name? Troy. Troy Baker, yeah. And you brought that up, like, what voice is he going to do? Everybody that's played has been like, the game's awesome. It's a great story. It's beautiful. It looks like they fixed the engine, but what the hell is Troy Baker doing? Like, they don't know if he's going to fix it before it comes out, but it's like, I'm, I'm Batman. I'm, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm gonna fight the Joker. I'm Batman. Like it's not, it's not Bale. It's not modulated like Affleck. So we'll we'll see when the game finally comes out. But hmm. I digress. But um, that's enough about Shadow Complex. Uh, so I've also played the Doom demo. Yep, a lot of fun. The Doomo. The Doomo. Good job. Doomo Regato. Mister Mister Doombato. Mister Doombato. Um. So fast, like I had to. You 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 like touch the right stick and you're, whoom, whoom, you're it it almost moves too fast and I finally got the hang of it and stuff. But I'm like I don't know that I do. I appreciate what it is. I'd probably still rather play Doom One, Two, or Final Doom than yeah. play the new one. Um, but yeah, I can appreciate it for what it is. I did beat New Super Mario Two. Yeah, on 3ds. Damn, that game is easy. Like, the final Bowser, the final castle wasn't that hard. The final Bowser fight, um, you get to the end, and he's just there. If you've got firepower, which I did when I first got to him, you just pew, 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 and he kind of gets stunned. You can run right through him and jump on the exclamation point, and he falls. It's like, well, that was easy. And then he turns into, like, the big 3D Bowser. Bowser. Yeah, so all his kids come, and they wave the one. Spoiler alert, does anybody really care about Mario? He waves. They, they all wave the wands, and he's he's in the background. And all he does is uh, there's there's lava coming up. Um, there's three different sets of floating pillar things. Um, Bowser will look at where you are, and he'll go roar, and his eyes his <laughs> eyes his eyes turn red. And that's when you know he's gonna swipe at that like section that you're at. So you just jump to the next one. And then you just keep avoiding that. You go up like two levels, and then you just beat him. Hmm. I was like, my God, that was anticlimactic. Like, these, the new Super Mario Wii, I still haven't beat it. New Super Mario U, 
I haven't beat that either. Like, again, like we kind of talked about, I don't think we ever talked about on the podcast, but I think those games are made to be played with multiple people, whereas this wasn't. And it's so easy as a result. The game was definitely fun. Um, And it unlocks Star World when you beat the game. However, like I was telling you, you got to, you you collect your star coins throughout the world. uh, I mean, throughout the game. Um, You can use them to unlock mushroom houses and one-up houses and stuff like this and it's five stars each however then you get to the end of the game and it's like oh you need 90 star coins to unlock star world i've only got 45 because i've just been unlocking mushroom houses and stuff whenever i need them i'm like well damn if i would have known that i would have never like that i still got like 90 lives or something like yeah i didn't need any power-ups or anything so that's kind of disappointing so i'll probably never get star world i'm probably done playing it you can actually if you want to borrow it you can have it um it's definitely fun um so that was fun. Played a little bit more Broforce. Um, Played I did. what? <coughs> Excuse me. Broforce. <laughs> I, uh, so all the covert ops are done. Everything's done except the, the hell level. And I started doing that by myself. It wasn't that difficult, but I kept playing. And then uh, Shadow Complex had finished downloading. So I was like, I don't even, I don't know if it's going to let me save in the middle of like level 15. So I was like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I want to play Shadow Complex. Doesn't seem overly difficult yet. I'm sure when I get to Satan, he's going to be a ridiculous boss. I don't remember the levels being too bad. I just remember the boss. I can't remember how many bosses there are. There may only be like one or two, but they're tough. Yeah. So so we may have to tag team that. But um, Yeah. And I also have down here, uh, I bought another Vita game. <laughs> what did you get? So uh, there was a PlayStation Store sale last week. I was going through it, hoping Shadow Complex might be on sale, but it wasn't. So I just paid the fifteen bucks, and it's well worth fifteen dollars. It's probably worth it's worth more than Gone Home is, and Gone Home is normally twenty dollars. So I'll just say that. So I don't feel bad paying fifteen bucks for it. But um, one of the games I saw, because again, my E three prediction of the Vita going down to ninety nine dollars was wrong. But eventually, I'm going to get one, so I didn't have a problem buying it. Uh, on sale on the PSN store for PSP and for Vita was missed. Wow. Two dollars and thirty nine cents. And I, I looked at my wallet and I had like two dollars and seventy six cents just left over and there I was like, oh I mean I plan on spending fifteen for Shadow Complex anyway, so I'll just buy this and then I'll actually pay fifteen for Shadow Complex and it's fine. No. So I did it. I can't play it because I don't have a Vita. <laughs> but whenever I get a Vita, uh when they drop the price or when Christmas rolls around, hopefully this time, I'll get a Vita. Um I'll have Rondo of Blood. I'll have Mist. I'll have all these PS Plus games I've just been downloading, whether I care about them or not. So I'm very, uh, very excited about that. Uh, so a little bit of a segue, but yes. since you mentioned it, it reminded me. Um, Gone Home. Yes. Um, I think we've talked about it enough, but what that made me think of is, so at work the other day, yesterday I think, you were telling me about you're listening to the Firewatch soundtrack. Yep. And I was like, I can't remember how that sounds. So you sent it to me, and just listening to that prologue music. Yep. Holy crap! Like that just brought back a lot of brought me back right in. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So uh, what I said about Gone Home, I stand by. But I think in talking about it, I may have sold Firewatch a little short. But now that I'm thinking about it again and honestly it was just hearing like 20 seconds of that music in the beginning just i don't know i guess it's weird how 
music can do that but it just brought me like right back to the game and i started thinking yep. about it so it, it brought me back to the text at the beginning and then right the garage yeah, the whole, the, yep and then as it so the prologue was great and then i think it's the second track where it's just really that acoustic guitar the or maybe second and third tracks where you're in that first day where you're learning the world and you're going um you know and and you find the uh the campfire and you squash it you, you stomp it out pick up the beer cans and you're like oh wait these girls are skinny dipping and they're yelling at me blah 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 it like i want to go back to that game so bad so i'm gonna beat shadow complex and after listening to that yeah i'm like i need to go play this yeah. game again another segue less yes. of a segue but segment what the hell ford thank you <laughs> I, I didn't have it down here but if you're not aware of this so oh god let, let, well you know what you know what we got sean what do we got we got some news so, it's not really Ford. It was like one dealership or something, I think. It's, it's one dealership. I forget where they're located at, but... Wyoming? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> the then Shoshone. I might forgive them. <laughs> uh, if you're not aware of this, one Ford dealership... And, and it wasn't even the Ford dealership. They hired a uh, an ad company, like you would probably do, to come up with a f- summer Ford Freedom sales event or whatever. And they're like, oh... Well, that looks really pretty. Let's just... They completely, 100% stole Firewatch's art that Ali Moss made. And is basically... That's... When I think of Firewatch, that's exactly what that's, I think of. Is that yeah. artwork right there with the, the watchtower. The watchtower, the, the reds trees, and the purples with the trees and stuff. The and sunset, like, the they birds. Completely yeah, with the birds. The power flying, line. Yeah. 100% stole it. Ripped right. it off. Um, I don't know if they're suing them because once... Kotaku and Game Informer and IG and everybody was reaching out to them. They're like, what the hell happened here? They realized it. They took it down. They either tweeted at or they sent a letter to Campo Santo to say, look, we are so sorry. We had no idea this happened, blah, blah, blah. I I tweeted Campo Santo and I said, I hope you sue the ever-loving hell out of them. Or whoever came, or Ali Moss or somebody. Get them some yeah. extra money Make you know, put Firewatch on PSVR. I mean, if nothing else, it probably... Maybe got more exposure for Firewatch. I was going to say, if, it, so, yes, it's definitely free publicity for them. Yeah. Um, so that coupled with listening to the soundtrack, I got to go play that game again. Yeah. We are in the, the doldrums of the summer. Um, I'm still figuring out how I'm going to play it. Am I going to go back and do Final Fantasy VII? I go back and forth on Twilight Princess. I don't know if I've got 37 to 40 hours to put into a game. I, I almost would say, you know what? It's been like six months since I played a certain game that I put a hundred hours into. I kind of want to go back to that. Honestly, is it worth this it is, this for, me for me to spend fifty bucks on Twilight? Or or should I spend thirty on Wind Waker? Okay, uh, I didn't think it's so. not, it's worth an extra twenty for Twilight. Um, I somewhere don't know where have Twilight for Wii. Does that help you at all? But again, don't I have, You'd to, have play to play it with? It with stu- I'm not doing. I think maybe not. Maybe maybe you can play if it with I your gamepad. The, the classic controller. I'd have to look into that, that. I just plug into a Wii controller. If I can do that, I'll just play that and not play it HD. But like, you I'm should not going to play the game. I'm not going to be an idiot and stand around my living room going, Hoo-yah! Yeah, I mean you don't. You can just sit there and yeah. just kind of almost yeah. like you're drumming. I don't want to do that. I don't want to drum. I just want to play Zelda with a controller. Anyway, it's worth playing. I would almost say if you only have the time for one, 
I don't know that it's a better game, but you would enjoy Twilight more than Final Fantasy VII. So if you had to choose one or the other... Yeah, I agree with that. I would... Now, granted, Final Fantasy VII, you've got all your cheats and stuff to allow you to progress through it quicker, so it wouldn't be as long of a game, but I would say Zelda would probably be the one I would choose between those two. And then maybe when 15 comes out, if you get it, then granted you're not going to be beating it for a very long time, but then maybe after that, then you'll be inspired and want to go and play 7. Um, but for you personally, I would say between those two, you'd, I would say you should probably play Twilight. But that's just me. And I don't, like you were saying, I don't remember it being that much longer than Ocarina. Maybe there's a lot of bonus stuff, like optional stuff in it that I'm forgetting about, well, and that's why, but... I'm going to look it up. I can't imagine it being more than... I wouldn't even think more than double Ocarina. I think it's the same number of levels. The levels are all probably slightly more, slightly bigger than Ocarina levels. I do remember there's definitely more stuff to do in between levels. It's not as easy to go from one to the other. I I can't imagine it taking more than double what Ocarina did. So, how long to beat dot com, which is a great website, um, has the main story at thirty seven hours. The main story plus extras forty seven and a half, or if you're a completionist, fifty five hours. Wow. Speed run fourteen hours. So it's definitely a very involved compared game. to the speed run of Ocarina, which is like seven minutes, or <laughs> right? Because you just you backflip jump into something the wall and you kill and, Ganon yeah. with a stick, and yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean I think I've only played through it once, so I guess I just don't remember. But it's definitely a big game. Some of the wolf stuff kind of gets annoying a little bit, yeah. When you just want to be Link see, like and you're I thought, a wolf, but and again going back to. Uh, Link Between Worlds I thought the whole painting stuff was going to get annoying and it, it really never did I don't think that's no. I mean that's really just you go from here to there and then you're, done, you're Link again it's not like where you're just a wolf for however long but right yeah I don't know bottom line is you need to play it okay if you can wait for me to find mine well I just need to go, maybe, maybe I'll be able to google it while we're on here if I if I can play it without motion controls, if I can play my with my Wii Classic controller that I plug into the Wii mode, if I can use that, then I don't care about the HD graphics. Yeah, because I don't have to do all the post stuff, right? I know that was one of the things that was no, shortened in Princess. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. care about that crap. Yeah. Are you ready to get in the news? Thirty five minutes in. Yeah, let's do it. We're keeping this under an hour, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so this was. I have mixed feelings about this first item here, and I want to know what you think about it. Uh, what's what? What are they called? What's their names? Spectre. Um, nope. Yeah. Oh. Well, Yacht oh. Club Games Spoiler came alert. out this week, and uh, they announced some news. It's not what I was actually hoping for, but they are adding a Spectre Knight and a King Knight campaign to Shovel Knight. Uh, there's no dates on this yet, um, but they're creating two new Shovel Knight campaigns, and again, it's free. 
can we really complain when it's free? Um, this I think this all has to do with stretch goals that they hit on Kickstarter forever ago. Um, but yeah, so we're getting a Spectre Knight campaign, and we are getting a King Knight campaign. And I must say, unlike, uh, what was his name? Plague. Plague Knight, both these characters are melee characters. They play very similar to what Shovel Knight does. So you have an attack with your scythe, or I think King Knight has a sword, I'm not 100% sure. But there's none of this throwing crap and double jumps and all that crap like you had with Plague Knight. This looks like something I'll actually play. It certainly looks better than than Plague, Plague of Shadows. So, what do you th- what what are your thoughts on this, Sean? Um, are you excited? Again, it all comes down to like you said, it's free. So, yeah, who can really complain? I I'm sure this is not some groundbreaking statement. I'm sure everybody would agree. I'd much rather just have Shovel Knight 2. Well, that's but right. This is free, you know. I get it. It's free. Who cares? Just play it and shut up and like it. But I mean, I'm just almost shovel as much as I loved the game. I'm almost shovel knighted out. I don't want to play through the whole game again as this character. No, I want to play as Shovel Knight and Shovel Knight 2, either with 8 or 16 bit graphics. And what I'm hoping, because we know how many copies, this game has sold so many copies and they've made so much money on it, which I am so happy about. They deserve it. This game is amazing. I hope they've made enough to where they've been able to hire enough people to where they have two teams working. To where they have somebody, they have a team working on the DLC for Spectre and King Knight. And I hope this is the, I will say this, I hope it's the end of it. Right, I don't want to play five more Midget Knight or whatever it was the little guy called with the big metal gear that he jumps into. I, I don't need any more. I don't Tinker Knight? Yeah, Tinker Knight. I don't need to play as anybody else. Like, I want Shovel Knight 2, but I hope they have a team working on Shovel Knight 2. Hey, Yankees lost again. <sighs> CC's a bad, that's horrible. Um, I hope they have a team working on Shovel Knight 2, be it 16-bit graphics. If it's 16-bit graphics, we're probably not going to get the game for another two or three years because they got to do a whole new art style, whole new engine, everything. Whereas if they're keeping the same art style, there's a good chance we can get this game. Well, God, actually. it We're midway through two, 2016. Maybe fall 2018. I don't know, a year and a half away. I just don't know. Like 2018? That would be 2017, sorry. Okay. Um, I love Shovel Knight. The base game was so good. It didn't really need any DLC. Like no, I would rather have them didn't. just finish it. But this is, again, this is the problem with Kickstarter where you promise that they still have to do a boss rush mode um, and a character swap or something, which I think will just be you can play through the Shovel Knight campaign as different characters. Just do that. Don't do this. I don't need whole separate campaigns and right. stories. I, I appreciate it. And if they're building this world where these characters are all going to come back for the second one, I appreciate it. But I just want Shovel Knight too. Yep. I am I'm with you there. Next item. I want to know if this game means anything to you. So today, out of nowhere, a game called Adventures of Mana showed up on the PSN for Vita. This was a stealth release that came out of nowhere. They did not tell people that they were actually releasing this game. It's $13.99, and it's a port of the iOS game. Apparently, Adventures of Mana was originally Final Fantasy Adventures on the Game Boy in 1991. 
And the game actually came out 25 years ago today in Japan. So I guess that's why it came out today on, on Vita. But um, do you know this game? Did you ever play it on the Game Boy? Uh, apparently, Secret of Mon and everything spawned out of Final Fantasy spinoffs, which I never knew. Um, so there's... I've heard of Final Fantasy Adventures. Never knew anything about it, but I've heard of it. There's the art. Just a screenshot, but... And it looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Again, um, if I ever get a Vita. Where I get confused is there were a lot of Super Nintendo games. There was Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, Illusion of Gaia. All of these blank of blank games. And I get them all confused. I couldn't tell you what is what. I may have played all of them. I've played at least a couple of them. And whatever I played was good. Mm-hmm. I just can't keep them all straight. Um, I want to say I probably played Secret of Mana at some point and liked it, even though I don't remember anything about it now. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess that's kind of cool. I'm not going to rush out and get it, but I don't know. It seems like my kind of game. Well, I mean, especially since you don't have a Vita. Well, yeah, I mean, this, but this is the type of game that would probably actually work well on iOS, yeah. even though I didn't know it was on iOS. Yep. So, Secret of Mana is out on iOS also for three ninety nine. And what I was going to say is, all this talk about this, and when we were talking in the past about Secret of Mana versus Chrono Trigger and all these other games, and you said I'd probably like Secret of Mana better because it's it's an RPG, but the battle system is more Zelda. Than yeah, it's it's not turn based, it's not active time battle or all that. It's just. You hit a button to swing your sword. You, it's you not you choose people, attack yeah. from a menu, which definitely appeals to me more. It doesn't seem like that's how this is. It seems like this. This is, looks more RPG. Yeah, this is more straight up turn based, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. It, it, a lot of people were like, even Colin was like, "Holy crap! How did this happen? Like this game means a lot to certain people. I never heard of it, um, and I definitely didn't know that the Mana series spawned off of." Final Fantasy, but that's out there. If you own a Vita, go out there and get it. It's only thirteen ninety nine, and uh, yeah, support the Vita, like I will whenever I get one. Next up here, uh, a couple quick items here. Telltale Batman, uh, regardless of how Troy Baker's voice, uh, Bat voice, is going to be, it looks like it's going to release all in twenty sixteen, which I'm very very happy about. We know that the episode one is supposed to come out sometime this summer. Um, and they, their, their plans right now for episode five to come out in December. So going by logic there, they pretty much have to release one a month. Um, but Colin Gregg tell me, cause again, I've never played any telltale games before. Don't put too much stock in that. They have they a told history. You this? Well, they told, yes, <laughs> yes. I was one of their listeners. They have a history of delaying games and not meeting deadlines and all that stuff. So don't get too excited that we're going to get to play all these Batmans uh, this year, but I really hope we do. We also had some updates on God of War. The first one I'm very happy about. Uh, there will be no multiplayer in God of War, God of Thor, God of Four, God of Old Man Kratos, whatever it's called. Uh, Corey Barlog uh, did some interviews after E3 and everything, and he said that uh, Ascension's multiplayer was, quote, a genuinely fresh addition to the series but it lacked the depth to be anything more than a distraction. I agree with that 100%. I played Ascension. It was fine. It was it was good. Multiplayer sucked. I played it one time. I was like, God of War is not meant for multiplayer. I wish they would have completely scrapped this and put more time in a single-player game, yeah. which is what they're going to do with this new God of War. Um, the other thing that he said is that uh, 
He did confirm this will not be Kratos' last game. Now he did not see this. He don't. He did not say that this won't be his last game in Norse mythology. He just said it won't be his last game. So, Sean, are you sticking by what you feel uh, that not only will Kratos be back, which now has been confirmed, so you got that right, but that the next game he'll move to Egypt, or do you think he'll stay in Norse by Norse West mythology? Uh, I'm writing it out. Okay. I'm gonna say they they got the trilogy out of their way with Greek. Okay, everybody knows Greek mythology more than anything. I think of the three other big ones, you got Norse, Egyptian, Roman. Um, Rains? Yes. Um, <coughs> steroids. Of the three, I would say by far, I mean, I'm just speaking from my own personal knowledge, Norse is the least known of those three. It's probably a toss-up between the other two. Um Probably Roman is better known. So I'm thinking they go, we're not going to get three Norse. We're going to go Norse. We're going to go West. It's going to be one whole whole story. Um, And then be done with it. We move on. We had an Egypt story. Do that. Move on. Roman. Done. End it. Still won't kill him off, but he'll be done. Uh, I'm glad to know that Kratos is staying alive and that we're not going to play as his son in the next game or whatever. Uh, well, I mean, that hasn't been confirmed, but if Kratos is staying alive, we're going to play as Kratos. Um, the only thing that I, could, that I think could throw off your hypothesis, hypotheses there is if, if, if his son turns out to be Thor. Then they're not just going to abandon right. Norse. And if yeah. that in turn makes Kratos take over being Odin or if he actually is Odin or whatever they do there that could throw it off to where we get a trilogy and then maybe we do a trilogy in Egypt and then a trilogy in Rome who knows Um, I am so excited by what I've seen of that game that I cannot wait I really hope it's not 2018 Uh, obviously my prediction of March 17 is nowhere near close but everybody is saying that this has to be their fall game for next year it has to be this is the this is the game like this will probably be their next biggest seller after uncharted this will do more than horizon as good as that game looks um this will sell more than horizon yeah you've got the recognize recognizable name in kratos with the last of us gameplay and humanizing kratos it's going to sell like crazy i cannot wait Next up, uh, for some reason, they're making a new Sonic game. Uh, Sonic team announced that in 2017, we're going to get a new Sonic game. And they also said that uh, Sega has now promised to turn everything around and put a, quote, huge emphasis on quality. A new Sonic game, starting with Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice, and then the new 2017 Sonic game. Uh, they haven't really focused on quality in a really long time. Because since, ever since um, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Adventure, maybe on the Dreamcast, I never got to play it, so I don't know if it's good or not. Yeah. Um, but the other thing here that's funny is the the rest of this quote related to Sonic. Quote: Sega is really, as of this last year, putting a huge emphasis on quality. Uh, blah 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 blah. Nope, that's the wrong quote. Sorry. Basically, yeah, they're focusing on quality. They also want to turn Sonic into a, quote, entertainment icon. Yeah, I think you're about 20 to 25 years late on that. <laughs> um, there is 
a movie coming out in 2018 that's going to blend CGI Sonic with live action actors. That sounds like the worst idea ever. There shouldn't be live action actors no. in a Sonic game. But now remember Sonic 06, which is one of the worst games ever made. Sonic was like in our world and he rescued like a lady and they made out and stuff. It was just horrible. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't that. even. Well, no, because luckily you didn't play it. But do you think Sonic can be an entertainment icon? <clears throat> and I said it was straight face. I, I'm not just going to say no, but I don't, if they mean outside of video games, okay, maybe I could see, I don't know if your kids even know, I mean, I'm sure they know who Sonic is, but they probably don't know much about Sonic. I could see them, I could see them trying to reboot like a Sonic TV show. You're You said there's a movie coming out. I didn't know that, but I just don't think. Sonic games will ever be anything too special. It's just going to be another maybe kind of fun fast-paced platformer game. Like I don't know. Sonic- if they say if they mean an entertainment icon or whatever, yeah. as in more than just the video game realm, okay, maybe but I don't think Sonic is ever going to be an icon in the video game realm. Not going to happen. If it was, it would have already. And it kind of did in the 90s, and then that stopped. So I think he has a shot. better chance of being an entertainment icon outside of video games than he does inside of video yes. games. So the quote is, quote, we are really focused on turning Sonic into an entertainment icon, not just a games icon. We want to go across all platforms and elevate his status even further, which explains why we are doing so much. Sega is really, as of this last year, putting emphasis on quality. So that's where that quote came from. I mean, more power to them. Um, I don't think they've really made any 3D Sonic games, except for Sonic 3D Blast, obviously. Hashtag sarcasm. Uh, they were as good as the 2D Sonic games, and a lot of people hate those games too. I love all three of those, or four if you count Sonic and Knuckles as being a separate game. Knuckles Chaotix. That's not a Sonic game. That does not count. <laughs> If they can do it right, because even Sonic 4, like I think we've talked about before on this podcast, it's not the same. Like he jumps all weird and it's, they they try to go old school with some new school stuff in there. And maybe it's, I think it's also, um, Colin was talking about this this week about how, like with the Crash Remasters, you just can't take a game and put it in widescreen. Like that doesn't work. So a lot of people, when they were coming up with the, uh, when they did Mega Man 9 and 10, and then when they did the Mega Man Anniversary Collection, a lot of people were like, why don't you just extend it out, make the levels more wide, um, put them in widescreen? And he's saying, you can't, like, games were designed to play in a 4 by 3 plane. So if you add in more space to a Mega Man screen, it changes the whole way the game is played. Like the way you interact with enemies and how many enemies you have on the screen and all this other stuff. And I almost wonder if that's the problem with Sonic also. Like it's not supposed to be widescreen HD. Like it works so well in a four by three space with him being a consistent size throughout all four of those Genesis games. You know, he just doesn't translate to HD. So I really wonder that this game's going to get unveiled July 22nd um, in San Diego at some anniversary, 25th anniversary event for Sonic. But I hope it's good. I hope it looks good, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Yeah, I just don't really care. I, That's the thing. I don't even know if I care at this point. Yeah. 
even it's, it's funny not how even nostalgia at this point. Yeah. Any, yeah, 25 years. Yeah. Like, that's nothing. But do you, Like, do you remember how big Sonic Tuesday was for us? Oh, 20, yeah. however many years ago that was. I mean, like, 23 years ago, 24 years ago, whatever it was. Like, when Sonic 2 came out, and then Sonic 3, we didn't even know that it, at the time, you didn't have the internet, so you didn't know. Well, it was supposed to come out a little bit later, and Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3 was supposed to be one game, but they had to split it into two because blah, 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 blah. We didn't know all that. We were just a new Sonic game. We love it. We got it day one. Yeah. I don't know. A couple other quick items here. Uh, Street Fighter V's June update is coming in July. Interesting. So, yeah, I said that right. So the June update is coming July 1st, this Friday. Uh, so you'll get access to Ibuki as well as Balrog. Balrog looks awesome as always. Uh, I won't play as him, but he's there. And the story mode's finally coming. I'm excited to finally play that. I'll, I'll, I'll turn Street Fighter Five on again this weekend, play through the uh, story mode for like three or four hours, and then probably put it away again. <laughs> um, Sean, do you care about seeing what happens? This So Street Fighter Five is set between Street Fighter 3 and Street Fighter 4. Do you care at all? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I assumed it was after 4. Right. And I don't know what happened in 3, so I don't... It's Street Fighter. Nothing really happens. Right. And Bison <laughs> doesn't die, and he always comes back, and he wrecks stuff. Right. Ryu and Sagat, Sagat had some history, and... He's got a big scar, and okay, well, they're still rivals in every single game. Like, I don't know. It, nobody plays Street Fighter. I mean, I understand they need a story mode because they need a they need solid an arcade one mode player mode. Need. Right. But nobody I don't we don't need really story cares mode. about right. the story. But, yeah. It's, I would rather have arcade mode uh, than this cinematic story mode, but whatever. It is what it is. I'll play through it. Hopefully, I'll like it, but. Um, I still wish it was arcade mode, and they have not said when and if that's coming. Next up, uh, this is really disappointing. The Arkham Collection has been delayed indefinitely. (laughs) Quote from uh, WB Games. After reviewing the progress of the project, the team at WB Games has decided to delay the release of Batman Return to Arkham to give the team at Virtuous Games additional time to deliver a polished Batman Arkham experience. We do not have a release date yet, and we'll be sure to communicate that once we are sure the game will be ready. We know this is disappointing news, but we feel the extra time will allow the team to create the best game experience for our fans. Bullcrap. Why did you even put a date on this? I was going to say, why? Like, that's embarrassing to announce this game and then, what, a month? A month two weeks three however long it's been just be mm-hmm. like nah, no we don't know when it's coming out now like that's it we're not delaying it like two or three weeks like uncharted right. we have no idea when it's going to come out yeah that's bad so i understand rocksteady and wb were burned by how horrible arkham knight was on pc and it just didn't run i get that but then just like say that this game is coming 2016 Right. Don't say July 25th or whatever the heck it was. Like, what are you thinking? And then to just say, now we have no idea when the game's coming out. Now I'm just pissed off. Now I don't even want the game. If I want to go play Arkham, I'll go upstairs and I'll play Arkham Asylum again. You know? Right. It just pisses me off. And I I hate it for people that have pre-ordered this. Of course, they haven't had their money taken out or anything yet because you never get charged until the game ships. But people are definitely excited about this. Now you say, it's not coming. And you do it like you put out a press release overnight. Yeah. It's crap. But that's the state of games in 2016. So our main topic for the week, I uh, I saw a pretty uh, interesting tweet today. 
uh, yesterday that uh, VG247 picked up. And it was some designs on the original Xbox controller from 1999. So if anybody's ever played Xbox uh, or messed with the original Xbox controller, quote-unquote the Duke, as it was called, this thing is a beast. It is so big that like you have to be Andre the Giant or Big Show, I would think, to actually be able to use this thing and touch all the buttons and everything. It's horrible. They also put out some... Some original designs of the controller from 1999. Seamus Blackley, who is the father of Xbox gaming, he helped design the original Xbox along with the controllers. Put out four, uh, what would you call them? Not design, I guess prototypes. Concepts. Yeah, concept art for the original Xbox controller from 1999. The first one looks like a spaceship from Independence Day Resurgence, which is horrible apparently. <laughs> the next one is a big triangle. The next one is half a moon and then a, a little like extra on the bottom. like And it's got the Dreamcast uh, LCD like memory card thing. The next one... It's a battering. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know who came up with these designs, but they're all horrible. And what this got, Sean and me... You. <laughs> well, I was like me, I, guy? Sean and me to start thinking about is controllers have changed a lot. So the first game system we ever played was the Intellivision. And if you're <laughs> familiar with the Intellivision, that thing was a remote control. I wouldn't even call it a remote control. It's a wired remote control with one through nine buttons, a circular pad, and you would put a plastic insert over the one through nine buttons because each game had different controls. And it actually made sense because they adapted it to what each game was, but I don't know how we ever played like that. We kind of want to take a look back at the good, the bad, and the ugly of controllers um, throughout the years. And, you know, we've been playing games now for 30 years, just about. I've been playing for 30 years. I guess you have too. Um, Close enough. And uh, kind of take a look back, like I said, at the good, the bad, and the ugly of controllers. And, uh, Sean, I guess I'll let you... Uh, kick it off here um, with with what were some of your favorite controllers that we've ever had in the realm of video games um, so I would say I kind of got it down to my top three here um, oh to start with I will start with Super Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, to me that's uh, at the time it was perfect it really it tripled the number of buttons yeah. from nintendo um i feel like if i went and played it right now it would seem super tiny because i don't remember it seeming tiny when i played it as a kid and now my hands are a lot bit i don't know it just seems like it would be very small um but i think Everything was just just really good with that. They they introduced the shoulder buttons. Um, I think the the regular buttons were good. You still had your A and B. They added the X and the Y. I remember that the Y and the X were like concave, so you knew you could kind of feel and always know which one your thumb was on. The yep. B and the A were convex. They were rounded. Um, to me. You know, everybody knows the Nintendo controller. It's iconic, whatever. Super Nintendo took that, I think, and just really uh, improved on it vastly. 
I don't think it feels small because when I was up there the other day cleaning up the playroom of the boys, it does feel cheap. It almost feels it's like very light. It's very light. The original Nintendo controller feels more substantial. It's definitely not as ergonomic. Um, the B and the A being in a straight line con- compared to how Y, X, and B, A are, they're laid out perfectly in a diamond shape, which is yeah. how which Xbox, how everything has PlayStation, been done we everything has been done in a diamond shape. So they nailed that. They started that. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels cheap. It feels like if I would have thrown that thing one time, it would have exploded, uh, which we were known to do when we were playing Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and whatever else growing up as Genesis kids. Uh, I definitely love the Super Nintendo controller. Um, I can just remember playing Super Mario World and figuring out if I hit RL, the whole screen would... I'm like, whoa. That's awesome. So I can see what's coming up, and I don't even have to... I don't have to worry about what's coming. That's That's awesome. Yeah. The Genesis six button controller, fantastic. But so I'm gonna go one into two here. I think my favorite pre-analog controller was the Generation Two Saturn controller. That was my next one. So let's talk about this. So the six button controller for the Genesis was perfect. Yep. Um, for that time, I should say. Fighting games were huge back then. Yep. We finally got Street Fighter Two cha- Special Champion. We got Super Street Fighter Two. We got Mortal Kombat. All this other stuff. And while it was cool that Super Nintendo had the four face buttons and the two shoulder buttons, which Genesis didn't have, it didn't match up with arcade game layouts. Right. Like I, I don't know about you. I have always had a, I've had a hard time using the left trigger, no matter what. If you're trying to do like. Uh, if I if I'm playing street, because Shin- you know, you're trying to do it all with your left hands, like right. Yeah. So whenever yeah. I play Street Fighter Five or Ultra Street Fighter Four or whatever, I map the hard punch and hard kick to square and X, medium yep. to triangle and circle, light to R one and R two, and then the three punches and the three kicks to L two and L one. I can use L two. I cannot use L one. Oh, really? So whenever I would play Street Fighter on like I've got Street Fighter 2 Turbo up there. Um if I if I use L1 as a light punch or light kick whatever it is, I'm never going to use that in a match because it's just it does not work with me trying to use my thumb to do a quarter circle or half circle either way it doesn't work. Genesis you didn't have to worry about that. It was laid out like you said, just like the arcade. Yeah. That was awesome. Then the Saturn comes around. The original Saturn controller was fine because it added the shoulder buttons plus the six face. But that second generation, at least in the U.S., if you're listening to this, um, I'm not sure about Europe. I know in Japan, they had our second generation first. That's what see, they I don't remember had. first gen versus second gen, so I'm curious to see which one you're talking about because it may be different than the one I'm thinking of. Um, but the Because I've got mine up. I don't have a Saturn to play it on. Uh, but thanks I do have my, my yeah. Thanks, mom and dad. I do have my Saturn controller up there, and it's just absolutely perfect. And I tweeted at Jared Petty because he always talks about how great the uh, the Japanese Saturn controller is, which I agree, it's amazing. Um, let me look this up here for you. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about for the second generation. 
Yeah, see, I almost think I prefer the first for some reason. Hold the on first on. one was the one that was more round. It was more rounded. Fat. It, and yeah. I don't know why, but to me that one sticks out in my head more. Um, while you're looking that up, my favorite thing about, yeah, that one. I don't know. It just seemed like it fit. I mean, it looks a little ridiculous, but to me it I don't know. It just seemed like it, it felt it fit my hands better. Um, my favorite feature about those controllers, um, I think they both had it, was the very nice, satisfying click of the shoulder. The triggers buttons. click like crazy. It wasn't just yeah. th- th- right. Th- like no, it was you click, knew click, when click, you click. hit it. Yes, I, I don't know why, but that was very satisfying to me. Um, I just think that's perfection. When it comes to pre-analog controllers, right? The second generation Saturn controller to me is my is my absolute favorite. Yeah. And there's a, probably a little bit of fanboy in there, but not only the button layout and everything, that D-pad because it was an eight-way D-pad instead of four, it just works so much better. It's the same way with the Genesis. Like that's the other thing. So Super Nintendo was just four-way. Obviously, you could push you could, down but, and yeah. four at the same time, but. The Genesis and the Saturn, because they had eight-way, it just seemed like it was easier to shoot fireballs and do hurricane kicks than it was on Super Nintendo. Yeah. It just it just felt so much better to me than, than the Super Nintendo controller did. Yeah. What else you got, sir? Um, so that was my second one, so I'll go to my third one. In no particular order. Um, but this is probably the best. PlayStation 4. Without a doubt, the absolute best controller ever made. The shape is perfectly ergonomic. It feels solid. It's weighted, like balanced perfectly. I like the buttons are in the right place, the shoulder buttons. Both analog sticks are in the middle, Xbox. Um, I just, and then. I mean, before I would have thought. I mean, PlayStation One once they added the the Dual Shock, huge. PlayStation Two, eh, okay, pretty much the same as the PlayStation One once they added Dual Shock. PlayStation Three again, pretty much the, the same, same thing, just yep. cordless, wireless. Four, it it's much heavier and not in a bad way. It just feels more sturdy i don't know i can't it just you know you're holding a good solid controller when you use it so here's how i wrote it down in my notes here i used to think that i loved the dualshock 3 until the first time i held the dualshock 4 yeah and now when you go back and use the 3 you're like what is this toy just now so noah just bought wwe 2k16 i'm like dude 17's coming out four months i don't care i want it 16 Okay, fine. It's your money. You don't have buyer's remorse. He loves it, so it's great. But even just using that, turn it on, do the software updates and stuff, I'm like, this thing, if I drop it, it's going to break. It doesn't fit. Like, I don't know why we ever had the DualShock design because the way that those, I don't know what the hell you would call them. The the parts you hold. Yeah, the parts you hold. They're not, not, they they go into your, if you're holding it, there's no natural way to hold that. Whereas, and I didn't know this, I was watching a Did You Know Gaming um, video on PS4. 
Activision or Bungie helped Sony design the DualShock 4 because they were so involved with Destiny and they wanted that was going to be the new Halo exclusive content early to PlayStation and all this other stuff. They helped them design the DualShock 4. They freaking nailed it. Yeah. There's no other controller that comes close to it. And that was the best way I could sum it up was to say I thought I loved the DualShock 3 until I used the DualShock 4. Like, I want to go back and I want to play Metal Gear Solid 3 again. I want to play 2 again in the HD collection. Probably not Peace Walker. I've beat it twice all the way through. But I'm like, man, I wish. And you can, with some games, you can use a DualShock 4 with a PlayStation 3. I think it maps start to options and maybe select to the, the, the track the pad or something. Yeah. But it doesn't really work right with every game. I need to look up if I can do that. But it's going to be so hard going back to using that thing. As much as I say I want to go buy a PlayStation 2, so I can play my Capcom... Really, I just want to play my Capcom collections thing. Right. Um, there's no chance of using a DualShock 4, obviously, on a PlayStation 2. Like, that controller I thought I loved until I had the 4. And the 4 is just absolutely perfect. Yep. And then you think about, like, before the PlayStation 3 came out, do you remember the Boomerang controller? The PlayStation 3 controller, the concept art, yeah. and they actually showed it on stage one time, was a friggin' Boomerang. The the what? the handles were like super long. What the hell? It's like a, it's literally like a horseshoe or a boomerang or something. Like what? How were we going to hold that thing? Like yeah. you thought the I forgot shot. about that. And then the public outcry was so bad that was even before Twitter. They were like, "Hold on, no, we're just going to do the same thing. We're just going to make it Bluetooth." Um, so that was better than the boomerang controller. But man, I there's nothing. No controller has ever come out. Now, PC nerds and stuff will say mouse and keyboard is the best controller ever. Whatever. I'm talking about <laughs> actual controllers. There's nothing, nothing that touches the PlayStation 4, DualShock 4. I agree. So before we get into some of the hits and misses, I mean the, the, uh, the bad and the ugly, not hits and misses, explain to me the wave bird. So why do people, there is a certain community that is absolutely in love with a GameCube controller. And I don't understand it. It's something, it seems like it was perfect for Smash Brothers because you can actually, they, they brought back a wireless version to play with the new Smash Brothers on the Wii U. You had a GameCube. I played it for about five minutes before Twin Snakes crapped out. Why do people love that controller? Did you? When what, I think what were back, I liked it. Okay. I couldn't tell you why. It just, I mean, talk about coming from an engineer. This thing was just an engineer's nightmare. There's nothing symmetrical about it. You got a pad over here, an analog here, yep. a different kind of analog here, a big round button, some weird oval buttons to the top left and to the right of it two shoulder buttons and then a third Z shoulder button on the right but not a second one on the left I don't know it was just weird but it worked really and I don't know why it's just I'm sure they went for um I guess straight ergonomics with it and they didn't care about the look but I don't know I didn't realize people online had such strong feelings towards it i liked it i it's just it's weird it's they love small like yeah, like uh, so i guess the wavebird was a little bit different i guess i was really talking about the gamecube controller the wavebird was the wireless version of the gamecube controller right. but the gamecube controller like 
So they took the the button layout makes no sense at all. I can kind of get. So they had the two grips you hold on to. They had the analog where it should be on the left side, and they have the well. If you're an Xbox fan, that's where you think it should be. And they have the D pad lower. Mm-hmm. Then the C button, which used to be the C, like the up, down, buttons. left, right, yeah. became an analog. And then you've got a little A, little red A. I think it's an A. The a, little red one's B. Okay, and then a big, big green, green a. a. And then what are the two gray buttons? Those are Y and X. What? What? What the hell were they? Thinking? And then you have L, R, and then Z also up there. Like I, I remember looking at this thing when I tried to play Twin Snakes, and I was like, "This is not something that's going to work with Metal Gear. This controller makes no sense at all." But there are people that absolutely love this thing, and I've just never understood it. And I never played GameCube enough to really form an opinion either way, but the little bit I used it, and whenever I see it, it just makes no sense to me. I don't understand the crazy hype about it. Like I said, I liked it. I mean, I I like it. But I don't... I wouldn't put it above PS4 by any means, but for some reason... The weight weight bird was essentially the same. Basically, yeah. It was just a little bit fatter because it had the wireless stuff right. and battery built in or whatever. But one thing I didn't like, even though there was kind of a purpose to it, the shoulder buttons were the complete opposite of the Saturn shoulder buttons that I love. It was not click click. You didn't click. even know was, if you were pushing them. It was like this soft, like, and it was pressure sensitive. Is the things so you okay. could. There would be some games where you could push it a little bit and it would do something, but if you push it down all the way to the point where it almost does click, it does something else. So I get what they were going for, but I, I don't know. It certainly was odd looking, but I I thought it... And that whole system was just weird. Let's just have a cube... I mean, it's a GameCube, but just a cube system. Let's use weird little mini discs... Let's right. make the weirdest looking controller ever, and uh, I don't know. It's I would certainly put that in the ugly category. I wouldn't put it in the bad. I would. I mean, it's good, but it's it's ugly more than anything. But or just the weird category. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not crazy then. Uh, what are some of your least favorite controllers? Um. The easiest one to start with, we already kind of touched it, but mainly the first Xbox, and just because I'm a hater, any Xbox controller. You you should see my notes right now. When So I haven't played Xbox too much. I don't think I've ever played outside of a, you know, GameStop, Game right. Stop, yeah. I don't think I've ever played Xbox One. I played 360 a little bit, and I played some Xbox. Um, I don't know if it was because of not even that we grew up with a Super Nintendo, but I certainly was more familiar with a Super Nintendo controller. I don't like the the button, the order of the buttons. Oh, I was used reversed. to it being Y, B, X, A. And these, I think, were... I think they just they flipped X and Y and X, A, y, and B. A B, yeah. And so, like, I'd be playing Halo, and they, well, how do I, you know, throw a grenade or whatever it was, or reload? Oh, I hit Y, and then I would hit X because it's not where I would of expect course. it. And just, I could never get the hang of it. Uh, I don't know. It's, 
And that first one was just a monstrosity. The big, fat, even though that is kind the of the, the version of the Saturn controller that I preferred was more along those lines. But but it wasn't anywhere near that big. No, no. But, yeah, I, I just couldn't. I don't like it. I don't like the order of the buttons. I I don't know. I'm sure if I had never played a Super Nintendo, and granted, uh, pe- there are plenty of people out there that played Super Nintendo much more than I did. Mm-hmm. But I played it enough to where that's what I that's what was burned into my brain. And I'm sure if I played Xbox more, I would just I would get used to it. But. Uh, I don't know. I, I can never get used to the the layout. Not even the layout, the order of the buttons, I guess. Well, so I'm almost glad that PlayStation never went with anything except square, square cross, triangle, circle. Like, And they are laid... I mean, this is so stupid because they're just symbols, but they're laid out perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's a triangle that points up, so that's at the top. X is like the main... It's, you know... X like a check mark kind of thing. It's like your main button, so it's yep. right there, right where your thumb falls. Then you got square and circle on the left and right. For whatever reason, to me, it makes perfect sense to have the circle on the right, the square on the left. I don't know why, but to me, it's perfect. And like you said, they never they did it. They stuck with it. They never got away from it. it makes perfect sense to me. I love it. So I've got down here every every Xbox controller ever made. Yeah. The Duke was horrible, but I just prefer, and maybe it's because I'm not MLG, Call of Duty, professional gamer, 2017 YouTube champion. Um, (laughs) I prefer the D-pad to be where it is on the DualShock, and it's always been, and the two analogs to be next to each other. For me, that feels right. It may just be because I am a Sony fanboy, and that's how I've always played, but I prefer that as opposed to where... Microsoft has always had the left analog where the D-pad should be. They they flipped them. I've always thought it should be the two analog sticks. That that's just where yeah, my why, thumbs why go naturally. Why? I don't know. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's where mine go naturally. So that's why I've always had an issue with it. I don't need to rehash it because you just went over it. But um, the other thing, I didn't play it a whole lot, but the Dreamcast controller. Oh, that thing was. That bad. thing was huge too. Yeah, and it was so the the cord came out of the bottom. Not out of the top. So that added a whole ergonomic weirdness to it. Then you had the whole, the the memory card slash Tamagotchi thing, whatever (laughs) it was with the little LCD that you had to plug into it. It was just like Sega had a chance and everybody loves that system. It's just everybody was burned by the Saturn and the 32X and the Nomad that by the time the Dreamcast came out, it didn't matter how awesome it was. It was dead on arrival. And then they put that crappy controller with it. They should have just done the Saturn controller all over again. Right. Maybe add two shoulder, but an R, an R2 and an L2 in addition to R1, L1. Um, but they didn't need to go with this thing that was basically as big as the Xbox controller. And the the con, the, the freaking plug comes out of the bottom. The, the plug never comes out of the bottom. No other controller ever made has a, the plug come out of the bottom. Nope. It just it just messes everything. You're sitting there and you're playing and it's just it's just in the it's way always all the, way. the time. Yeah. yeah. So that that's aside from Xbox, um, that was that was my number two. I call it number one. So I've got a tie for number three. N sixty four. Yep, that's on my list. I only have two hands, 
So what do I do why, in this third? Why is there a third yeah. thing there? Like, is Noah supposed to come up and hold the middle one and, and use the analog while I'm doing this over here? And like, right. the, the controller was big. Um, I appreciate it because it was the first analog controller. It was before yep. Saturn's. It was before the DualShock 1. But why are there three handholds when I only have two hands? Yep. It makes no sense. I don't think it's as weird as the GameCube controller. Um, so that's why that's not listed here. And I just want to talk about that separately. But I've never understood the N64 controller. Not to mention all these people that the first time they played Mario Party, they were burning holes oh, those, in their hand. Did those, you do that? Oh, yeah. Did you order the special gloves as payment no. to go wee? <laughs> <laughs> no. I just sucked it up. But not only that, would it burn a hole through your hand, but... You just end up with crazy dead zones on that thing to where uh, you just kind of okay. like flop around in the middle. It wasn't like, even, it was an analog, quote unquote, but it wasn't really an analog. Like it just, it just, it was really just a D pad that it was good enough to make those amazing games like Mario 64 and the two Zelda games and Banjo and all that. It was yeah. good enough to make those games work. But it did not work like analog, even on the Saturn controller that came with Nights into Dreams, or the DualShock One when that came out, and everything that came out, you know, came out after it. It didn't work that well. But it was the first analog, so I can appreciate that. Right. Um. So my last one. If you'll excuse me. Oh no! 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 Sacrilege! No! This thing. Don't even. Don't you dare. This three button Genesis controller. Don't you dare. Is just. It's pretty bad. It's awful. As good as the six button was, the three button was was horrible. just as bad. Yeah. This feel. I mean, this is such a stit. There's no like. I can never tell. Am I pushing this direction? Am I not? The D pad always felt very stiff to me. Now, granted, this came out before Super Nintendo, so okay. But the other thing is, first of all, the start. Why is the start button up there? Yeah, this whole area in the it's middle. It's all the start button. Empty. In the yeah, but and I get this didn't come out that long after NES did. It was like, hey, we certainly three buttons, right. right? So it's like, well, you had two. Well, guess what? We have three. But. I mean, we have opposable thumb. Like, you're missing out. I mean, they eventually figured out with the six button, but I can do this and I can do this. Nobody Correct. out there can see what I'm doing. But to have all of your buttons in his, one row, his with my middle, my middle thumb knuckle yeah. in the A, I can hit that and then I can just put my thumb you down. You can go and from hard punch to hard kick. I can hit easily. what should be yeah. and what would later be the X button. You can just having one row of buttons. I mean, granted, like you said, in hindsight. It's a terrible design. But back then, okay, well, Nintendo did that, and then, okay, well, they had two, well, we have three, so we're better. Right. But having two rows just makes so much more sense. It's not... I don't know. I can't fault them, because at the time, this was... No, you can. I can, yeah. This this is a horrible controller. Um, (laughs) It looks like a Metroid. Oh, my God, I never thought about that. It looks like... Here's the thing I'll say about that. So what I was saying about how good the six-button controller D-pad and the Saturn D-pad was, it's the opposite on this. So it's still the eight ways, it's, it's but eight it's way, not responsive. It, it doesn't no, rock. Like, you have to really like like push you need to into get that. In there. Pu- push in there with your thumb. You right, have you to really... To- 
you can't just rock into it like you can right. on the Saturn or the or the Genesis six button. Like you have to really try to push one of those diagonal buttons. Right. Plus, who created the? I mean, when you hold this controller, you're doing it like this. Why did nobody ever realize? Man, look at these fingers. Look They're not fingers doing anything up there. there. Why don't I? Man, that'd be a good spot for a button. And we again, might not need Super them for Nintendo Sonic figured it out. Sonic uses one button, but hey, right. you never know. Maybe they'll need that. Right. So, I don't. I don't know. It's as has been said multiple times. We're Sega fanboys, but looking back, this is just a terrible controller. Yeah, they they nailed it, and Saturn improve improved on it with the shoulder buttons, but they nailed it with the six button. Yeah, but this three button, I don't know. and at the time, like you said, Sonic. There are multiple games that you really only needed one button, maybe two, two at the most, yep. and then the third button's like, well, yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, it wasn't until if it wasn't for fighting games, we wouldn't have never gotten the the six button controller. Oh right. So I don't know. I'm not saying that's my least favorite of all time. I'll still go ahead and put Xbox up there, but it was the last one on my list. <sighs> it, it really hurt me when I realized what you were doing there. It's bad, but I understand. I understand. Um, it's just amazing how bad that controller is and how good the six button is. I know I sound like a broken record. Right. But I mean, that six, the Genesis six button and both Saturn six buttons were amazing, but I digress. Last one I got here, um, the Wii U gamepad. Yeah. That kind of so, yeah, I love the functionality of it is great. Super Mario Maker, I don't believe... Super Mario Maker could not exist, and that was one of my honorable mentions because I went back and listened to that old podcast today, and we were much better now than we were then. So one of my honorable mentions for my top 10 or so games was Super Mario Maker. Super Mario Maker would could not and would not exist without the gamepad. However, just because dual screen works on a handheld doesn't mean it works on a home console. If I'm playing my 3DS... So I just beat, you know, Super Mario World, uh, New Super Mario 2. And I beat Ocarina, and I beat Link Between Worlds. The reason it works is you're looking at the main screen, and the secondary screen is right there. Yep. If I'm playing, whenever I go, if I play Twilight Princess or, you know, the HD version, you've got the map and all your items and all that on the Wii U gamepad. However... That's down here, like, in your lap. And you're looking at your TV. It is not feasible to use two screens when you're talking about a big HD TV. It's just not. It works on the 3DS because everything, and the 2DS before, and the DS, or, or no, the DS before, and the 2DS also, because they're right there. Right. It is in your peripheral vision. It's right there. The only way it works if you're playing on a TV is to hold and it up hold like it this. Up and- and then it's just, yeah. and then that's not comfortable. Your arms get tired. It's dumb. I appreciate what they were trying to do with the controller, but in practice, it just does not work. Other than Super Mario Maker, it does not work. And then right. you get games like stupid the, the Star Fox for the Wii U, where, where you're you supposed have, to yeah. look at that. That's your cockpit view is on this thing, but everything's happening on the TV. Right. Like what? I, I just don't know what they were thinking. And again, this is why I'm still really worried about what's going to happen with the NX, but what's good about Breath of the Wild, you can just play it with a pro controller. They're not going to put the map or anything on the Wii U gamepad. It's just, if you want to play it off screen, you can do that. That's fine. Jess was watching Real Housewives of whatever. 
of I Shelby County. Play it on there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can play it right on there. But I just don't. I understand they were trying to innovate and all this other stuff, and it worked with the DS, so they thought it worked with the home console. It does not work. Not to mention, it's just so. Talk. We, we've talked a lot about some of these bad controls we didn't like. Were cheap feeling and everything. This feels so cheap. Like your boys have dropped that so many times. I don't know how every it's broken. I'm like, I'm like, oh god, I don't even want to look at the screen. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that it's not even. I don't, it's it's a haptic touchscreen, so you have to like. It's not like an iPhone or an Android or anything or an iPad touchscreen like that. You have to actually use a stylus and depress it. People haven't been That's using depressing. styli. styli. That's funny. People haven't been using styli. Is that right? Because cactus is cacti. Uh, yeah. People like haven't that. used a stylus on a touchscreen phone in years. And then they put out a game, the, the Wii U gamepad that uses a stylus. You can use your finger and stuff, but you have to actually like... It doesn't go by the warmth in your finger. You have to actually, like, push down on the screen. It just, I, I don't know. That was the last one I had here. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on that? Nah, I think we pretty well covered it. So that is our hits and misses brought to you, not really, by Woodford Reserve and this great bourbon that I had tonight. Uh, we thank you. We're joining you uh, here, episode twenty-seven from the Pool House Studios. But before we go, Sean, it's that time of the week for us to play the "It's, it's the Back of the Box" challenge. challenge. We just nail that every time. We're getting better. What is she doing up there? Never know. Um, you definitely read first uh, today. So if you're not familiar with the Back of the Box Challenge, what we do is at the end of every podcast every week, we come to you and we play a little game called the Back of the Box Challenge, where each host of the Two Player Co-op podcast, we uh, we think of a game. We look up the retail release of the game. We look at the back of the box per the name of the game, and we read the description of the game to the other player. We bleep out anything that is uh, too pertinent that would just give the game away, and the other player can can ask eh, somewhere between three and five questions to try and determine what the game is. That's what we call the back of the box challenge. Sean, you're reading first today. Have at it, sir. Okay. We had a doozy here. Oh, God. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. There's a whole lot of bleeping going on. Okay, so I'm just already screwed. But it's like, well, yeah. Okay. Blank. <laughs> Every week you start with a blank. Continue. <laughs> Wait, did you have Mr. Kinney? Mr. Kinney. Continue. No, English but I've teacher? heard. Okay. Yeah, I've Continue, heard. <laughs> Mr. White. Continue. Okay. Blank. Katie's voice rings out. You found her. But more children are still lost. Can you stop the psycho mastermind, Mr. Big, and his goon squad before they kidnap all the kids? You can if you're blank. You're looking at me like you already know what it is. Is this a 16-bit Genesis game? <laughs> yes. Was it one of those releases that had the black with yes. the... Is it Let King? me keep reading. All right. Because this can, is one of mine. Well, crap. I was afraid of that. You can if you're blank. Blank on muggers. Lean on meanies and pop the punks. Out fight, out jump, out I did dance. not remember Mr. Big. Move like only blank can. No bad guy can last through blank's star magic. Punch down gangsters in Club 30, rumble in the streets, swing, spin, and kick past graveyard ghouls. 
chill in the caverns, then sizzle him with ultra-tech weapons in Mr. Big's hideout. Experience the baddest video game ever. Defy physics with blanks blanking. You never lose <laughs> your cool. <laughs> See it and be it. Is it Kid Blank Chameleon? blanks blank. Is it Kid Chameleon? No. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, I wasn't listening to anything you were saying. <laughs> Crap, I was a little generous with my blanks. Well, I, I didn't figured... listen to anything you said. I started checking my phone because I thought it was Kid Chameleon. <laughs> no, but it is an old Genesis game. All right, okay. we're back in the game. <laughs> All right, let's let look. me go back to the beginning. Right. It's like uh, the cha-cha slide. Reverse, right. reverse. Uh, Mr. Big, Goon Squad, whatever. Okay. Can you... Wait, what? Oh, can you stop the psycho mastermind Mr. Big and his goon squad before they kidnap all the kids? You can if you're blank. Blank on muggers, lean on meanies, and pop the punks. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Is this a side-scrolling beat-em-up? Uh, I think. What does that mean? It's a side scroller. I think, I guess it's a beat em up. Final fight is a beat em up. It's not final fight. I know that because <laughs> it didn't come out on Genesis. But Streets of Rage is a beat em up. It's not Streets of Rage. Okay, continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> um, out fight, out jump, out blank. Uh, blah blah blah. No bad guy can last through blank's star magic. Punch down gangsters in Club 30, rumble in the streets, swing, spin, and kick past graveyard ghouls, chill in the caverns, then sizzle them with ultra-tech weapons in Mr. Big's hideout. Experience the baddest video game ever. Defy physics with blanks blanking. (laughs) You never lose your cool. See it and be it. I'm going to probably fill in some of the blanks if you... I have now that it's not Kid Chameleon. I have no idea. All right, um, it's an early Genesis game. Can't give you that. Can't give you that. Or that. Um. Defy physics with blanks dancing. Oh. Oh, is it Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? Yes. <laughs> okay. I thought you had that right off the bat. No, it sounded like Kid Chameleon. I was like, I don't because remember the first it being time Mr. I went Big, through. But... The first time I went through it, I got to the end and I was like, experience the baddest video game ever. I was like, and then once I figured out you didn't know, I was like, well, crap. I kind of just, I probably would have, uh, I wouldn't have bleeped it, but I wouldn't have emphasized it like that. Yeah, I had to bleep out Moonwalk on Muggers and Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> How long is it going to take you to spend that? <laughs> well, no, I was saying all the things I had oh, okay. to, <laughs> to bleep out. Oh, okay. They were all his name. So, all right, good. I was really depressed when I thought you had that right off the bat. Well, damn, now I need to hold off on Kid Chameleon for a few weeks. <laughs> I think I looked into doing that once, and it was one of those games that... It was weird. I can't remember if it was too obvious or if it was too abstract when I looked at it, but... Yeah. All right. Ready? Ready. 
It's actually funny that you did that voice. Murder, murderous aliens. <laughs> murder, 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 have murderous aliens have landed in futuristic blank, and these humans and the humans suddenly find themselves atop the endangered species list. The odds are a million to one, just the way blank likes it. With twenty-eight realistic levels, as you drive oh, the sinister aliens through the streets of blank, out to an orbiting station and onto the surface of the moon itself. Leading Edge Build 3D Technology lets you explore an interactive, fully immersive world, I wouldn't call it that, of towering skyscrapers, deep canyons, and murky bodies of water with many realistic effects like level-altering earthquakes, exploding buildings, working security monitors, that's, that's a stretch, and functional subways. Is that it? I mean, there's a lot more, but none of it is... I think I know what it is. Is this a... Is this a first-person shooter? Yes. Um, is the main character at one point of a game out of bubblegum? It's time to <laughs> kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of gum. Yeah, Duke Nukem 3D. Well, that was... That was such a good game. It was free on PlayStation Plus not that long ago for PS3, and I downloaded it. It doesn't hold up. Like the not a re, not a re. No, the actual game. But I was like, "Ooh, boy, this is not fun." You couldn't even. Oh no, you could. Doom, you couldn't aim up and down. This you could fully. It was full motion, right? I remember Doom. You could just look left and right, but you couldn't look up and down. One of the Dooms. I don't remember no, Doom. Was. Doom was all. If somebody was three stories above you, you just <laughs> aimed right. in their direction and, and shot and it went. <laughs> right. No, because this you could. I mean, the graph. Well, I guess at the time the graphics were good, but. No, I don't know that they were. I guess they I, were. I think at the time. They at were. the time, because this was probably were. around the same time as Doom. Maybe a little bit later. Uh, this was a few years after Doom. I think but this was, was either it was basically 96. Doom was like almost 2, I mean, it was 3D, but it was almost 2D. Like there was no height. You couldn't go, there were probably like stairs and stuff, but you couldn't jump, I don't think. I mean, this had jetpacks. You could go into buildings and jump yep. out of windows. And uh, Really, it doesn't hold up because I feel like it would, but maybe not. I only played the first two levels, I think. Yeah. Um, it brought back memories because I can remember playing it on the Micron back in the day. I don't think I ever played that game without cheat codes. I basically just, I would play through it, but I'd just be like, right, give me all the guns right off the bat. Unlimited ammo, whatever. I would never just go through and have to you know, start with just a pistol. And I always did the cheat code to get all the guns right off the bat. It's time to kill. <laughs> and I'm all out of gum. So I bleeped out L.A. Would L.A. have helped you anymore? Did, you obviously knew what the game was. L.A. Uh, no, probably. I mean, I remember now that it was L.A. But What gave it away so much? Um, the security monitor, definitely. Okay. I thought I had it, and then once you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was when you mentioned... You talked about, not that you should have bleeped this out, but for whatever reason it just clicked with me, but talking about how you fight in high-rises and canyons. 
or however that part of it went. And then that just there was definitely clicked. a big yeah, because there was definitely a variety um, in the levels. I knew by the way you were describing it, there was obviously some kind of 3D game. Right. And the way they were touting, ooh, high such and such 3D graph. I knew it was an early 3D game. And then all the pieces just kind of came yeah. together. The but, only actual gameplay thing was that first like two sentences I read. And the rest was just like talking about the gameplay. I was like, I guess I'll read some of this. But I feel like I'm going to give it away. And I, I think I kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be. Say la vie. Will be. What don't kill you makes you stronger. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for 27 episodes of the two-player co-op podcast. We really do appreciate everybody that, that tunes and listens to us every week. Um, again, you can find us. We uh, Their podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. Our Twitter handles, I'm at KevinWhite24. He is at RealSeanWhite. Together we are at two-player underscore co-op. That's two-player with a number two underscore C-O-O-P. You can find me on PSN at Kevin, at, nope, at KDubs24. He's at SWhitey984. Thanks. Yeah, that sounds He doesn't right. even know what his name is. Uh, we don't really play online, but hey, if you want to friend us, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Uh, appreciate everybody for 27 episodes. We'll be back for 28, I hope. But until that time, Sean, go ahead and take us out. Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing.